Live from location, I'm Tamara Lowe, here with a news flash you should know. This just in, hot off the press, a shocking subject we must address. A scheme of Satan to oppress and distress, cause unrest and stress, and silently, secretly steal your success. What exactly is this dastardly deed guaranteed to impede so you don't succeed? There's upheaval in hell, an absolute riot. See, hell is hell-bent on keeping you quiet. Shut up and sit down is the devil's demand. But church, we have a higher command to speak up and to stand. This is the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast with tips, tools, and biblical truth to build your brand, business, or ministry. If you're a Christian speaker, writer, coach, or entrepreneur, this is the podcast you've been praying for. Get ready to increase your impact, income, and influence. Here are your hosts, the mother, her son, and his wife doing business, ministry, and life to shape the culture for Christ. Tamara Lowe, Zach Lowe, and Jillian Lowe. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody, to the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast. We are excited to be back with you this week with a very important topic, as you said, Coach Tam, how to overcome doubt, fear, and insecurity about sharing your message. So, Coach Tam, you were saying before the broadcast got going that this is a, you feel like you do this pep talk a lot and you had to get some feedback what's what's the word for for where people are needing some help i just feel like that this is such a strong attack of the enemy against god's people and it really goes to the heart of the great commission the great commission go into all the world and preach the good news so we're we're to be sharing our faith we're to be sharing our message so what does the enemy try and do is he combats that with doubt, fear, and insecurity. And when it all comes down to it, when it all boils down, we have two choices. We have two choices and only two, pick your poison, and it's either you're going to obey God or you're going to bow your knee to your fears. Now, I understand that that is a hot cup of truth and it might burn going down, but if you believe lies, you're going to be paralyzed. Those fiery darts of the enemy, they're tranquilizer darts. They're, they're designed to take you down. If you put up the shield of faith, they can't hit you or harm you. If you don't believe the lies, they have no effect. But if you believe lies, you'll be paralyzed. If it's truth you believe, you'll be set free. And so we have to choose one or the other. Are we going to listen to the word of the Lord? Are we going to listen to what God has called us to do? Or are we going to listen and believe what the enemy is trying to sow into us. He's trying to sow doubt, fear, and unbelief into us. And Zach, I was thinking about uh, a scripture, actually a passage of scripture in the book of Luke, first, first chapter of Luke, where there are two angelic visitations. The angel Gabriel appears in all his angelic glory to two people in the same chapter. The first one was Zachariah, the father of John the Baptist. Zechariah goes into the temple. He's the high priest. He goes in and he has an angelic visitation, like all the halos, all the glitter, all the holy bells. And he sees the angel of the Lord. And the angel says to him, the angel says to him, I'm here with a message about your future. Okay, time out. We're going to go now to the second visitation. The angel Gabriel then 
after that visitation with Zachariah, he goes to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and he says, hey there, highly favored, I've got a word for you about your future, right? So the angel showed up with a prophetic word that was foretelling the future for two individuals. Let's go back to Zechariah. What did Zechariah do in that moment? Zechariah said, well, can you give me a sign that what you're saying is going to come to pass? Can you give me a sign? So Zechariah said, you're going to have a baby boy. His name will be John. He will turn his people from, from turn the people from sins. He will be a forerunner. And Zechariah says, well, can I have a sign? Like, how, how, how do I know? And it was like the angel Gabriel is like, is an angelic visitation not enough for you? Um, I'm sorry, did I fail to properly introduce myself? I'm Gabriel, said the angel. I stand in the presence of God. I've been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And now you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that this comes to pass because you did not believe my words. So I'm telling you, it is a very terrible thing to not believe what God has called you to do. And if you're seeking signs, your sign might just be that you're silenced, that you're not having the impact that you're supposed to have in the earth. Back to Mary, okay? When the angel came to Mary and gave her his message and gave her this good news, she said, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. That's Luke chapter one, right? So I think that we have to recognize that God is God. We are his servants and that we have to posture ourselves in a position of obedience in order to do the things that God has called us to do including sharing your message. Doubt is not your God. Fear is not your God. Unbelief has no reign and rule over you unless you let it, unless you bow your knee to it. So you just have two choices. Who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe God about your calling? Because it's going to require some press, baby. It's going to require some push. You're going to have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. That's the way it happens. That's the way it happens, is that you get sick and tired of resisting the Spirit of God and go, okay, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to press myself to do it. Can I tell you that I have two boys, two boys. One of them is here with me today. Zach Lowe is my firstborn son. My other son is Andrew Blaze. Both my boys were painfully shy as children. They couldn't look anybody in the eye when they talked to them. You couldn't even hear them speak if they responded to a question. They were so timid, and I told them something that you need to tell yourself. You need to parrot yourself. I told my kids, you're not allowed to be shy. What? You're not allowed to be shy? I have a friend who has two boys just like mine. They're teenagers now. One is confident. One is painfully shy. She lets her painfully shy child, and that will probably impede him all his life unless he pushes himself or somebody pushes him to get out of it. But I said to my kids, you're not allowed to be shy. Look that person in the eye. Shake their hand. I'm going to need you to speak up. You're going to get on stage. You're going to introduce the next speaker that we're bringing on the stage. My kids didn't want to do that. I made them do that. And you know what? Both of them are now extroverts. But had I let them cave to their own fears, they may have been introverted all their life. 
So we have to push ourselves out of our comfort zone. I'm sorry, that is the anti-venom to the poison. There you have it. You're going to have to push yourself out of your discomfort, out of your shyness, out of your insecurity, out of your doubt, out of your fear. You're going to have to take a stand and obey the Lord. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. Amen, Coach Samuel. Great, great message. And I mean, to pick up on that with the whole, you know, shyness, introvert thing, it's it's really a little bit of, of a skill and a habit, right? Because you can be somebody that is not comfortable sharing your message, is not really comfortable on the stage, and you can make a decision that I'm going to change my ways. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to build, right. I'm going to build this skill because that's all it is. It's a skill and maybe yeah, it comes more naturally or less naturally to you but all it is is a is a decision is a skill and it becomes a habit right and you can you can turn it on and off you can turn it on and off like i probably still am more of an introvert than an extrovert but i can turn it on and off right i can be extroverted when i want to be and i can be introverted when i don't need to be extroverted so it's it's totally a, a skill and you know one one thing i want to just add you know on this topic and then i want to want to pass it to my wife is on this this whole thing of fear right coach tan like you talked about about the fear that that paralyzes and i think it comes it, like in all seasons right it's not like a like oh there's going to be some fear and insecurity and doubt about getting out there with your message right and once i you know slay that giant i'm set for life it's really it's probably gonna come back to attack i remember coach tan you sharing with us um, a really like prominent ministry friend of yours that just leads thousands of people and is, you know, speaking, teaching, preaching all the time. And you asked, what is like the one thing, like, what's like the one key to doing what you do? And he said, encouraging myself in the Lord, right? Something along those lines. Was that it coach Tam? Like just keeping myself encouraged, right? Cause it's so easy to let the, you know, like the, the press and the doubt and the fear and the anxiety that. You know, the enemy will try to put on you. So m one point that I want to make is just on if if we're going to have that like that reverence for something that we're going to take it seriously, we're going to take it at face value. We've got to actually shift our perspective and put it on God, right? Like we can't be fearing man. We can't be fearing, you know, these temporal things. We've got to fear God. And like, if anything, if you're going to fear anything, Fear getting to your deathbed, having not shared your message. Fear going before the throne and being held to account for the talents that you buried, right? Like yeah. that's the thing to fear if you're going to fear anything. That's right. Amen. So, honey, you said you have a bit about cruise ships. I'm, I'm very interested to hear what you've got to say about cruise ships. Okay. Well, first of all, th these things are true. All the things you guys have shared. Um, Bunny. How much do you love going on a good cruise? Oh man, it's my favorite. Bun, but oh, I'm so sorry, Bun Bun. Um, Coach Tam, I call her Bunny Bunsers, Bun Bun, and the like. She can sail the seven seas like nobody else, and she has many a story about these incredible sea adventures that she's been on. Have you ever been on a cruise? Now, I have never been on a cruise. Okay, but. More recently, we saw a documentary about the building of the Disney Wish, the most technologically advanced cruise ship on the face of the planet. 
okay? Have you ever been on a cruise? Zachy loves a cruise. He went on a, you went on a carnival cruise, right? Is that what you went on? You had a oh. great time? No, Norwegian is the one I've done the most. And I'm, it's all about, it's all about the balcony, seeing the water. Sometimes the spa is in the back and you can just see the water. I'm, I'm big on the book, relax, watch the water. Okay, Bunny, what is your most favorite cruise you've ever been on in your life? Okay, so I went on a cruise last summer and it was my very first river cruise and it was along the Danube River. And it was one blissful day after another, sitting on the top deck of the ship and it goes slower and there's scenery on both sides and you pass a castle and a cathedral and there's rolling hills and there's some sheep and there's another castle. And one day we saw a rainbow that was unbelievable. It went from shore to shore. It was so incredible. That, that was an awesome cruise. Okay, so I see Alaska cruises. I see our people weighing in. Ooh, love a Royal Caribbean. All right, all right. So a cruise could change your life. Okay, but listen to this. I happen to know someone that won the Guinness World Record, record for the longest cruise ever. And get this, but when it gets better, the captain and the first mate were in this. For what? We, we would be laughing too if we knew what you were saying. <laughs> Captain and the first mate were invisible. <laughs> Why were they invisible? It was Noah. Noah went on the longest cruise ever, ever. I thought it was Noah, too. I was going to guess Noah. Honey, we can't understand you. We cannot understand anything. The captain and the first mate were invisible, which I just think is so funny to me. It was just a lot. Noah, now, God never said to Noah, do not be afraid, okay? He never did. And this was a cruise unlike any other. There were dinosaurs on the cruise ship. Like, that's a whole thing. <laughs> There's no spa. Can you imagine what that was like? Imagine all the opportunities I saw this beautiful children's book about this years ago, and it had these beautiful drawings of like building the ark. It was, there was no words. It was, I wish I would get your children this if I knew what it was. But if anybody knows in the chat, put it in the chat. But it was beautiful pictures of, of um, Noah building the ark and the animals coming on the ark and storing up the grain and everything. And then then it shows Noah getting really depressed. I mean, he is getting really depressed and they're scooping poop out of the boat. I mean, like really, we, you know, we think that, you know, the animals, they came on, they came on by Tuesdays, Tuesdays. But I mean, there had to be some really rough water on that cruise. No pun intended. Hello. I mean, first of all, first of all, let me just tell you, there were so many opportunities for Noah's butt cheeks to clench together, okay? At every turn, he could have been afraid, afraid, afraid. And let me just tell you, although God never said, Noah, don't be afraid. Uh, pop quiz, everybody. Do you think Noah was afraid? Ding, ding, ding. Of course he was. Of course he was. He got diarrhea. He was stressed out. There was a lot going on that was happening. But let me just tell you, 
That's in the Amplified Bible, by the way, if you will read the Amplified Bible. Yes, he did, Glenda. You never thought about Noah's butt cheeks. Well, I'm just telling you, today anything goes, I'm just saying. But it says that he feared the Lord. He feared the Lord more than what are people going to think of me and all the other things. And he would, look, they were there for like over a year on this thing. Like there were a lot, they'd never even seen rain. Okay. Rain came from the ground up. It wasn't falling down from the sky. Meanwhile, the whole entire world is being ruined. It's like getting totally destroyed outside their boat. So I was just thinking about this really long cruise and this man and all that he went through. And like, this is the opportunity for you and I, just was a perfect, perfect point that you guys made. We should fear the Lord instead of fearing our fears. All of the things that we fear, what if this and what if that and what if this, just like what you said, honey. But what if you go to your grave with your dream on the inside of you? What if, like, what's it going to cost you? It's going to cost you way more if you don't fear the Lord and do what he's called you to do than if you step outside of his will. Like, that's a good, that's a really good way to get yourself taken out early. It really, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, you, you don't, you don't have to fail because of how you feel. You don't have to fail because of how you feel. Moses stuttered. He didn't want to speak for God. Joseph was canceled by his entire family. Gideon had a clinically acute inferiority complex. Solomon didn't feel up to the task of leading. His father, David, was a super hard act to follow. And speaking of David, he wasn't even in the lineup when Elijah told his father to assemble his sons because one of them was going to be king. David didn't even make the cut before there even was a cut. The apostles didn't feel qualified. They were riddled with doubts and fears and insecurity. Even Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. You don't have to fail because of how you feel. You know that that the apostles that Christ chose had chose had already been rejected by the rabbis. They'd already been rejected. They weren't good enough. They didn't make the cut. You see, every Jewish family wanted their kid to be selected and to be mentored by the rabbi. And if the rabbi selected them, he'd say, come follow me. Just like Jesus said, come follow me to the apostles. So that was the words that were the invitation to come and be a be an apostle, be a disciple. So if they were rejected, though, by the rabbis, the rabbi would say, go home and learn your father's trade. That was the politically correct way of saying you're not good enough for the ministry. So all of the apostles that Christ chose had already been rejected by the rabbis. Peter, James and John were rejected. That's why they went home and learned their father's trade of fishing. But Jesus said, come follow me. You're good enough for ministry. I choose you. See, the, the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man is a snare because man is a false god. This is Proverbs 29, 25. This is scripture. The fear of man is a snare because man is a false god, but the fear of the Lord is safe because he really is God. So I encourage you, the things that you've heard from God, the callings that are on your life, believe them, believe them, receive them. Yeah, amen. You're going to obey God or you're going to obey your feelings and your fear and all of the junk that the enemy wants to put on you. Yeah. You have you have a choice. You know, a lot of people think that that their beliefs are just random, but your beliefs are not just random. Whether you realize it or not, they have been selected and collected. You have carefully cultivated and curated them like valuables in a museum. Now, some of them are phonies, forgeries, and fakes. 
Your belief systems are shaking you, making you, or breaking you. Today, I'd like to give you a powerful, priceless gem to add to your collection of beliefs. It's my gift to you in five words. These five words took me from middle school dropout and drug addict to two bachelor's degrees, two master's degrees, and a doctorate. These five words took me from lower middle class to free at last. Because of this powerful, priceless belief system, I started numerous highly successful multi-million dollar businesses from the ground up. And you know what? I've sold over a billion dollars of my own products and services because of these five words. Once they're added to your belief system, they will empower you to overcome all your fears, doubts, and insecurities. Do you want these five words? Tell me in the chat. Yes, do. When do you want them now? What do you want? Give me the five words. When do you want them now? If I can't, I must. If I can't, I must. That is what Paul meant when he said, I discipline my body and I make it my slave. Like an athlete, I train it to do what it should. If I can't, I must. So anytime that I feel fear, doubt, insecurity, if I feel like I can't, I draw back on that belief system and I say, if I can't, I must. And I make myself do it. I power through it, baby, and you can too. How many things do you not want to do starting first thing in the morning when the alarm clock goes off? You don't want to wake up. You don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to go to work. You don't want to go grocery shopping. You don't want to cook that meal. You don't want to take out the trash. You don't want to do your laundry, but you do it anyway. You power through it. Same thing in this arena. The things that have, God has called you to do, you do them, whether you feel it, whether you, whether you want to or not, whether you're feeling fear, doubt, insecurity. If I can't, I must. And make yourself do it, beloved. This is the cure to all that ails you. Amen. Good word. I love it. I love it. I think, you know, a lot of a lot of what we're we're talking about, you know, the the doubt, the fear, the insecurity, you know, we we really go into the root of it, you know, on a on a scriptural, spiritual basis. But one thing that we can do, and it's in line with encouraging ourselves in the Lord, is what can we do to kind of create like push motivation and pull motivation? And one of my favorite Zig Ziglar quotes on motivation is he goes like, people say motivation doesn't last. You know, motivation doesn't last. What's the point? And Zig, Zig, Zig goes, neither does showering. That's why we have to do it every day, right? Like motivation is like showering. It doesn't last. That's why we got to do it every day. And I think, you know, a lot of what we've talked about is like the push motivation. Like if I can't, I must. And like fear God instead of fearing man. And I think that's great. You know, push motivation will definitely like push you out of your comfort zone, push you to get started. But then there's also pull motivation, you know, which is the like, what am I pursuing and why am I pursuing it? That is the first thing that we have our, our students do inside of Kingdom Builders Academy is get really clear on like, what am I going to do? What am I pursuing? And then why am I doing it? Why am I pursuing it? And if you haven't ever sat down and written out like, what are my goals? You know, what's in my heart? What has the Lord called me to? What do I want to see accomplished in my lifetime? Who do I want to be? Who do I want to serve? Like all of these things. Like if you haven't gotten serious, taken 30 minutes and made a list of like, what are the top 10 goals that you have for, for your vision, for your purpose, for 
the mission that you have with your limited time here on earth. One, get really clear about where you want to go and what you want to do. And then two, turn right around, get another sheet of paper and write, why am I going to do it? You know, why is it so important that I will push past the doubt, the fear and insecurity that everybody faces at every stage of the journey, to be honest. And it's just, can I rise above it, right? Can I find that like push motivation and then use this as a pull motivation, right? That I see the future that, that God is calling me to. I see these desires that God has put into my heart and I know why I'm going to pursue it and let those whys be more powerful, right? Be more tangible and be more real and important to you than any little fear or insecurity or doubt that's gonna, gonna be present, right? And we've just gotta push back against it and I think having that push motivation, that pull motivation that we can refresh ourselves and we can remind ourselves of, like literally put it on paper, put it on the wall and look at it regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have some. Oh, go ahead. Well, you call me Bunny and I call you Bunny and we discussed this. We, we actually had a conference about this, about our nickname, what our nickname would be. And you said, I'm going to give you a nickname. And I said, okay, you can give me any nickname that you want, but make sure that you like it because whatever you call me, I'm going to call you that same thing. So I also call Jillian Bunny, Bunzers, Bun Bun. Uh, yeah, all, all the Bunny-isms. So Bunny and I were, were talking before the broadcast began. We were talking about comedians. And both of us have had that kind of secret desire and yet repelling fear of of making people laugh on stage and I remember many years ago decades ago people began coming to me and they would say you're so funny on stage you're so funny when you speak and I didn't mean to be I didn't even know I was being funny but then once I kind of realized that people thought I was funny I thought well maybe I should hone this skill and so I began to study stand-up comedy bunny I, I bought books on it. I, I, I really began to give myself to it. And here's, here's something I want to give to you guys, because once you've got that motivation, like right now, hopefully you're feeling very empowered and fired up and ready to do the do, to do the things that God has called you to do and push past your insecurities, doubts, and fears. So this is what I learned in studying stand-up comedy. And I hope this is the cherry on top. It's commit to the bit. And that is a, a terminology that comedians use. They say, you really can't get to the height of, of the craft without committing to the bit. It doesn't matter whether people are laughing, whether people are clapping, whether they're yawning, whether they're talking, whether people are serving drinks to them. You've got to stay committed to the bit. Just commit to the bit. And so when you think about what, what God is calling you to do, what the dreams and desires of your heart have been, and now you're thinking, okay, I'm going to push past the fear. Commit to the bit. Don't let anything shake you. Commit to the bit. That's Amen. great. Amen. Honey, you were talking about skiing, and I <laughs> cruise ships and skiing is what you gave me today. Is okay. Is, so I have a story. What your bits would be? I have a story <laughs> that proves two points. One, don't send me any hate mail. Faith and fear can coexist just fine and what you tell yourself in the moment means everything case in point i unlike bunny and zaki had never graced a snow snowy mountain 
okay? Like, I I didn't grow up doing that. I'd never experienced it. And like, you know, Bonnie and Zachy, like, they sail down the mountain and they make, they look good doing it. Like, they're, that they can film each other. They they look cute. And I said, you know, I'm, I want to do this. I can do this. And I remember Bunny saying, you need to learn to ski and you need to teach your kids to ski. This is something you can enjoy with your family your whole life. So you know what I said? Okay, okay. And I thought, it can't be that. It can't be that difficult. So we go to Colorado and we're in the Beaver Creek Vale area and we decide we're going to take, I'm going to take ski lessons. And, and Zachy comes along with me. He can snowboard, but he's like, I'll pick up skiing too. And I thought this is going to be perfect. I'm not the cutest outfit. I was so excited. I had my goggles. I had all my things. I got fitted for the things. We get out there. My instructor is like 70, literally are out there there's some young kids there's some older folks I'm kind of in the middle and he's like we're gonna do this and we're just practicing we don't even have our equipment on and I'm thinking this is gonna be a cinch this is nothing I sent my like how old was was Finley Grace at the time do you think six. she's like six okay and she's gonna go down her bunny hills and our daughter Julia she's gonna do it and it's gonna be totally fine so the first day we go nowhere and so Zach's like like, I love you. Like, this is so fun. Not. And he says, Dianora. And so I am like on my own with this interesting crew of people and my 70 plus year old instructor. Nothing against it. Right. That's fine. But like, I'm like, inspiring. I think that's inspiring. awesome. We're inspired. Yes. Okay. We love, we're inspired. We go on this thing, this lift. Have you, have you ever been on a Wait, are you talking about the conveyor belt that brings you up the bunny hill or the actual chair? No, you sit real on the chair and you go up the lift. Have you ever seen one of these? How many of you out there can recall a time in your life where you sat on a lift and ascended up? Ascend is up, up, up. You're going up the mountain, okay? And we go up the mountain and, 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 and when we, we went up a little seated thing and then we got off to get on another one to go up higher okay yes i know the exact one you're talking about okay so my instructor bumps into another instructor and they say oh little johnny who is like seven he doesn't have anyone to ride with oh they did that to you too they did that to me as well they said can little johnny ride with you and i was like no. And my instructor's like, yes. And I was like, no. And so this kid's totally pumped. He's seven and he is rocking it. He is so fearless. He fear like that. He doesn't even know what that word means. And I look at him and I'm like, oh man, this is not going to go good. And I'm feeling, I'm feeling nervous. I'm sweating. I'm, I'm feeling the sweat. And my instructor says, listen, we're going to let little Johnny on and, and we get on and we're dangling. We are dangling above this mountain and I, I, my heart is racing and I am scared. I am totally afraid because he's, the instructor was trying to prep me for what it was going to be like to get off. And he goes, now when we get to the top of the mountain, okay, it's going to happen real quick. You've got your poles, you've got the skis, you're ready to go. You get your body up, you're prepped. And then you're going to, you're going to just glide down the hill. You're going to glide down the hill. It's just a little hill. And I've got my skis I don't know if you've been on skis. They're very slippery. It's a very slippery situation. 
And this little boy's next to this little boy is next to me, and I'm looking at him. He looks at me like I am nervous for you. Like I am nervous for you. I'm gonna be just fine. You were not sure about. <laughs> Wait, bunny, bunny, bunny. My little boy that they put me on with. He he looked at me and he goes, "What level are you?" Uh, he was like five, and and he goes, "What level are you?" And I go, "I'm level three. And he goes, "I'm level seven. And I'm like, "Wow, this, this is going to go really well." Wow. So I'm on the thing, and this little Johnny's to my right, and my instructor, and he's prepping me, and I'm telling. This is what I'm telling myself. Case in point, in the moment, I am telling myself, "This is going to be bad. <laughs> I can feel it." I have imagined all of the horrible things that are going to happen. I'm taking the little boy out. Johnny, he thinks it's going to be bad for me. He has no clue what's coming for him. And so when we reach the top any second, we're doing the countdown. And I'm saying, like, this is not going to be good. I regret this. This is a bad thing. I should have never gotten on this thing. You shouldn't have put this kid on here with me. You should be in the middle. Why are you on the other side? I don't feel good about this. I have said it all. Like, just totally every negative possible thing because I feel totally overwhelmed with fear. And what happened? What do you think happened? Hello? The second the chance. You, you, you prophesied your future with all your fears. Let down off the thing. I melted like butter. I melted off the thing. My legs were, were like up to my thing. My skis went. I slid down the hill. I knocked like bowling pins four or five people down my pole went one way my instructor fell and I said do you know what I said see I told you this was a bad idea I told you this was gonna end horribly and you know what it was all because in the moment what I said to myself was this is bad this is terrible this is gonna end poorly I'm gonna get hurt he's gonna and this was the track the hamster wheel that my mind ran down the entire time and i'm just saying i'm just saying it does matter it matters what you say in the moment every single one of us faces a moment of fear and you know what it's like we're in a spiritual standoff right now there's natural fear and then there's like the spirit of fear but even in the moment where we're feeling naturally afraid we're in a standoff you are in a standoff and someone is going to win but guess what don't come into faith with fear. Don't come into faith. Don't come into agreement with fear. Like that's a bad plan. And me slinking down the mountain, taking out people just trying to ski is the perfect case in point. What you tell yourself matters. So now you're going skiing again. In just a couple of weeks, we're going to be on that same mountain. So now listen, Bunny, listen, Bunny, because we're going to come back and check up on this, okay? okay? So when you're going up the lift, when you're going up the lift this time, you're going to think, when I get to the end, I'm going to tell the guy, slow it down, slow it down, let him slow down the chair for you. You're going to stand up and lean a little forward and keep your, your skis parallel. And you're just going to ski straight off. You're not, if you... Look down, you'll fall down, okay? If you crunch, you'll fall down. You're gonna stand up tall, and the whole way up the lift, you're gonna tell yourself, you're gonna tell yourself, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna get off the lift. It's gonna go beautifully. I'm gonna stand straight up and lean a little bit forward. I'm gonna stand straight up, lean a little forward. I'm gonna keep my, my skis parallel. This is gonna go great. Tell yourself that going all the way up the lift, 
And we're going to check in with you in a few weeks and see what happened. Okay, I'm going to report. I didn't know you could say slow it down. Oh, yeah. You, t- you tell the dude. Slow it down. Slow it right. down. Yeah, for me. Slow it down. Slow They know that signal. They know that signal. They do. I'm going to help them remember that signal. And I will report back to all of you how it goes. Yeah. No, I love it. And that's a great point. Your confession really matters, right? What you're coming into faith, faith with. Uh, Coach Tam, you've got a saying when you get up on stage that I really like. Ah, uh, so yeah. So if you ever have stage fright, you can you can take mine or you can make one of your own. But I I have a little faith statement, a confidence statement. So while I'm standing there at the bottom of the stairs, getting ready to climb the stairs as I'm being introduced, I will repeat to myself, "They're going to love me, and I've got them in the palm of my hand." I've got them, they've got me, they're going to love me, and I've got them in the palm of my hand. And so I I approach it as though this is going to be good. And it is going to be good because have you ever seen anybody speak anywhere where you thought, gosh, I hope they're really terrible. I hope they're boring. No, the whole audience is rooting for you. So you might as well root for yourself. Yeah, love it. Well, more to say on this, but we've got a wrap for today. So great episode. Thanks, Coach Tam. Thanks, honey. We will see you next week on the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hi, this is Tamara Lowe, founder of Kingdom Builders Academy, here with a free gift for you, our loyal podcast listener. We're giving away free copies of my newest book, On Purpose, How to Find, Fund, and Fulfill Your Purpose. You can download your free copy right now at onpurposebook.com. That's www.onpurposebook.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast today. Join us again for our next exciting exciting episode.